Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age, so parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. My guest today is on a mission to bring creativity back into the classroom and into our homes. He believes, and I agree, that in traditional classrooms, kids simply just aren't developing the critical motor, language, social, and decision-making skills that are required in today's world. Take this recent survey, for example, that showed that 72% of business leaders believe that creativity is the number one skill that they're looking for when hiring. So he realized he had to do something and Imagine Arts Academy was born. Imagine Arts Academy delivers programs that combine traditional art with real world applications and creative problem solving. Not a, not a combination you see too much out there in the world. And these programs have been proven to help kids foster that creativity required in today's world. So my guest today, Shafiq Mina, is the CEO of To Inspire Kids, which is the parent company of Mad Science Group and Crayola Imagine Arts Academy. Mad Science and Imagine Arts Academy franchises are located in more than 23 countries around the world, bringing educational entertainment to millions of children each year through after-school programs, preschool programs, in-class workshops, camps, birthday parties, and special events, and thanks to COVID, virtually pretty much anywhere. <laughs> So today we'll explore the unique approach that Shafiq is using to foster creativity and collaboration skills in kids through hands-on STEM learning and progressive arts education. Welcome Shafiq to the show today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited uh, for this podcast. I had a chance to hear a little bit about what you do and your movement uh, because that's what it is. It's a movement and it's pretty cool and I'm happy to, to be here and share a little bit of my experience. And, and always a pleasure to have a little more Canadian content. So. <laughs> yes, uh, we're not too far from each other. Different provinces, but not too far. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Tell, just to start off, tell me, tell me a little bit about your your family in the education world. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're all we're all parents. Sure, sure. Degree, so I have, so. I have three kids. Uh, my oldest is uh, 15, uh, 13, and ten. Um, my kids okay. are are in traditional schools. Um, and they're very different as, as if you have more than one child, you might, you'll know that all your kids are different and you, and oh, yeah. you love them equally for their differences. Um, and mm -hmm. one thing I quickly realized is that, um, what they were learning in school, I mean, they're all in traditional schools and, and they, they fit their character, but they weren't developing at the same rate, just with the traditional learning. And luckily, I worked at Mad Science. Uh, me and my, my partners founded Mad Science a long time ago. And um, 
I realized that the value that math science brought in terms of its ability to get kids excited and engaged with science in a way that, that supplements what the teacher does, but really cements the, the love for science was missing in the arts. And that came from my daughter. My daughter was 10 years old. We signed her up for art programs uh, because she, she was very creative. She was always drawing, making mm -hmm. things. And we wanted to kind of encourage that spirit in her. And, and what we realized, a lot of the art programs were teaching her art techniques, right? How to paint, how to right. draw, More the how-to, how right? Yeah. And, and I, I, I kind of thought about it for I said, I think we're missing the, the, the point of art. The technique is nice. The te technique is the method, but the value of art in my mind is creativity. It's allowing you to think of a side of the box, allowing you to create things that today might seem unrealistic, but you know, somebody drew a, a smartphone 40 years ago, had that idea. At that time, if you would ask them, can, can there be a device that we'll hold in our hand, they'll be just as strong as a computer. People thought you're crazy, but it was the creative thought that got us there. And then with technology caught up and today it's kind of just normal. So that, that, that's what I felt was missing in the art programs. And it, it's what led to Crayola's Imagine Arts Academy. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited about that program. I'll share more details about it with you. But you know what I say, when I, I realized we were onto something, when I experienced some of our people working for us had built, when I said, I wish that program existed when I was a child, because I would have taken every, every one of those classes. And who knows, maybe I wouldn't have ended up as a business person, a businessman. I would have ended more on the creative side, but it is what it is. Mm. <laughs> well, as you know, as, as you, you know, point out in, in the intro, you know, this, the stat that I, I got from, from, from your information. Yeah. That create creativity really is a valuable skill in, you know, in, in all sectors, right. Including, including business. So, um, it's, it's not a, it's less and less a nice to have, right. Especially as technology, you know, takes care of a lot of the heavy lifting of the, the so-called, you know, maybe the, the grunt work, right. What's left, what's left is, is the creative expression side. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. What, what, uh, what first got you into the world of education? What, what made that your, your focus, your, so your my, life's work? My, my path is a very, uh, unique path. And I think maybe it's also uh, an opportunity to say is you never know where life's going to lead you and you have to be open to potential experiences. And, and I started off, I started my first business. I was 19 years old. I was in university. It was supposed to be a catering, uh, a part-time business to pay for my extracurricular wide university. It was a catering company. It grew to, to a fairly decent size. I ended up quitting university at the time because all of a sudden I had 10, 15 employees working for me. Um, at some point in time, I realized that that wasn't really what I wanted to do in life. So I sold the business. I went back, I finished my degree in political science. I got a degree in law. And then I started working as a professional attorney in a large law firm. And I, I realized that I was very entrepreneur, too entrepreneurial, maybe for a practicing lawyer. <laughs> so I, 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 I left <laughs> the private practice and, and went to working for, for a company here in Montreal called Mad Science. And they were in the science enrichment business, informal education. It's, it was established by mm -hmm. my partners. And I started as in-house counsel. And soon enough, I became uh, president of the company. And then uh, five, five years later, I bought into the 
into the business with my partners. And today it's myself and the three partners. So my, I got the crooked way into education. Um, but when people ask me kind of how do you get there, I say, well, I'm a recovering attorney. I'm no longer practicing. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I, I love what I do. There's, there's nothing, uh, when you're in the education space, um, you know, it's, it's it, I mean, yes, you're in a business and, it, and money's important, but I find more and more, and I hear that from my franchisees, where, as you said, we're in 23 countries, so I get to speak to people over the world. And, and you realize that the underlining, main underlining reason of being in the education space is this general desire to kind of contribute to future generations. So you want to you mm -hmm. make it better for our kids and our kids' kids. And the best way to do that is education. Uh, so if, if you can have a stake in there, you're, 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 that's very fulfilling. Well, let's, let's take a look at then how you're um, making your contribution then through through both um, both types of um, journeys, both through science and and through art. So as you pointed out, as you were saying earlier, like the the, the inspiration for focusing on the, on the the art side was you saw something was missing. It was more the more the mechanics or or even just you know looking at the school experience and seeing that there were things missing there. So so what what are you focusing on then um, through your through your operations and and how do you make that come to life? Sure. So. For Creole, so I'll, I'll very briefly talk tell you about math science because it, it it's the original concept. Math science's idea was to make STEM, which now is a very trendy topic, cool before it was cool, right? We were talking about STEM 30 right. years ago, and today people are all excited about STEM, and we're like, yeah, that's what we've been saying. Welcome on board, you know? We're happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was the idea of getting kids excited by science and not intimidated by it. And what got us into to the creative space with Crayola's Imagine Arts Academy was, it was initiated twofold. One was my daughter. Uh, she was 10 years old and, and we, she wasn't getting what she was looking for from the art programs. Very- What was she, what was she looking for? Well, she for? was looking to express her creativity. I mean, this is why mm. we had signed her up. She was very creative at home. She was always drawing. She was always making things, collages and stuff like that. So she was, she wanted, she had all this creativity. She wanted to express it. And when we, when we sent her to a few art classes, it was very dogmatic. They were, they were more focused on techniques, how to draw or paint mm. or sculpt. And, 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 and the focus was learn the technique and then you can express your creativity which I thought was okay, it's, it's good, but, but they, they weren't putting the emphasis on, to, in my mind, on the right place, the creativity rather than So that mm -hmm. alongside with, with a lot of feedback we were hearing from our franchisees in math science that schools were, were suffering because, traditional schools were suffering because the first thing that was being cut everywhere was art programs. There was this kind of yeah. Um, yeah. thought, I would call myth, that art is not important. So if you got to cut the budget, okay, let's cut uh, cut, cut the, the money for the art classes. And, right. It's kind of the irony <laughs> of everyone getting on the, the STEM train eventually is it kind of left yeah, arts uh, exactly. at the station. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's focused on science, which is awesome, but it's not at, 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 the, at the loss of art. And in my mind, it, art was as, as important as science. Especially when, when you, you, you refer to the statistic of 72 business owners today say creativity is the most important thing. And you can understand, we'll have computers, we'll be able to do all the technical stuff. 
So the differentiator will be your ability to problem solve and problem solving starts with being creative, thinking out of the box, right? That's what thinking out mm -hmm. of the box is. So we were hearing this feedback of art programs are being cut on or being cut and, and my daughter's experience. So we, we got into kind of looking into it deeply and realized that there was an opportunity to really highlight the value of creativity. And, and then there was, it's funny, there was another myth that, that we discovered in our research, which is that this myth that people believe some people are creative and other people are not. So that, it turns yeah. out that's not true. It turns out that- Where did that, where were we hearing that? Where, where, uh, was, that, where was that It was, it was, it was uh, uh, research that my team pulled out. I'm happy to share with you the source, it's not coming top of mind, but, but the research demonstrated that, or at least the theory was that creativity is like a muscle. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. So we mm -hmm. kind of said, okay, if that's the case, are kids getting to practice that muscle often enough? And if the answer is no, then our program has to do that. It has to get them to use to, to using that creativity muscle that they have so that, that it becomes a reflex when they're thinking about problem solving in the future and whatever field they're in, they will have that ability to think creatively and come, come with a different solution that may not be apparent to others. Uh, so we built our program around that and our, our, our first program uh, was, was around design thinking. So we, it, okay. it was, the first one was called design thinking. Uh, actually, let me take a step back. So. We were math science. We didn't know much about the arts. And here we are trying to build an art program. So we thought maybe we should go talk to people who know about the arts. You know, what do we know? <laughs> so we reached out to Crayola and said, listen, uh, we're math science. We've been doing this for 30 years. We really know how to engage with kids and build awesome programs and build a very strong franchise network. You're the art people. So <laughs> do you want it? And we pitched them our idea and, and they loved it. They said, look, this is kind of, they agreed that this was what was missing. That was the gap in in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, so we worked with them. It, it's really a 50-50 partnership with them. So that's why the, pro, the, the franchise is called Crayola's Imagine Arts Academy. Uh, and then we got to work creating the programs. And as I was saying, the first one was um, design thinking. And essentially, you, 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 you teach kids the design thinking process. So here's a problem. Here's the problem we're trying to solve for. And, and then you give them different canvases to solve. And, and you try not to limit their thinking. You can give them a few parameters, say here are some kind of things mm -hmm. you have to work with and let them, um, and let them explore. And, then, and it's amazing what eight, nine, 10 year olds can come up with when they're given the freedom to kind of express themselves with whatever knowledge they have in their basket at that age. So one, mm -hmm. one example is uh, we use uh, uh, model magic. And, and we explain to them what it is to live in space. Okay. You know, we explain some scientific concepts. For example, there's no oxygen in space. So you can't just wander outside. There's gravity. So you, if you walk, you'll fly off. And we give them the, mm -hmm. the clay magic and say, okay, design a space station where you and your family might have to live. Um, and, and, and you let them go. And, and it's beautiful. There's, there's no right or wrong answer. There's an opportunity for them to express mm -hmm. themselves. And of course, they've learned a tremendous amount in doing so. Um, that was the first program. The second program is probably the one I'm, I, I love the most. It's, it's, it's um, Artist Passport. And uh, so whereas, whereas uh, you know, uh, design thinking was all about designing concepts. And, you know, another one is uh, they, they make a comic book 
They have to pick a, pick a hero. They have to pick a positive mm -hmm. quality for their hero, and then they have to design a comic book uh, around that hero. In Artist Passport, we wanted to use art as a, as, as a theme to teach the kids empathy and culture. So every week, they mm -hmm. visit a different part of the world. They learn about the geography, the history, the culture of that part of the world. And then they make a piece of art from that uh, place. So um, if they're visiting Southeast Asia, they'll learn about the culture there, the languages, the history, and they'll design a, a bus, which is, uh, if you've ever been to Southeast Asia, the buses are highly decorated. Looks like a, a oh, yes. <laughs> over, oh, it looks like a Christmas tree. Somebody went wild on the bus and it, it, they're magnificent pieces of art. So the kids. Yeah, actually, I actually lived in Bangladesh for almost three years and got to travel through uh, India and whatnot. Awesome. So, so yeah, I actually, I actually have some, some art still from, uh, from, a, from a rickshaw. It's the way they would paint them up with flowers and animals and whatnot. Yeah, it's It's really, magnificent uh, when you see it for the first time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. So that's, that's what the yeah. kids do. They make, they make a bus and they decorate it and they, they put uh, colors and, and uh, you know, uh, stickers on it. And then they come back home and the beauty of it is that when they come back home, it, they're not just proud to show their parents the bus they made, but they can actually talk to it. They can say, this bus mm -hmm. is from, you know, Southeast Asia. These are the countries that are in Southeast Asia. There's, yes, uh, 12 languages in Southeast Asia. The, this one is the most predominant. And all of a sudden, they have all this cultural knowledge about the world around them. And they, they didn't think they were learning. They thought they were doing art, being creative. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's the second of our program that, that I'm very proud of because I think the world is getting to be a smaller place and the more we learn about other cultures, the, the better we are and and, um, and the more it will serve us. And do you find um, the kids are like genuinely interested and fascinated about uh, learning these other things or they just want to like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the stuff, but you know, then give me the, give me the Crayolas to, to just get to work and, and create <laughs> well, that, I think that's our superpower, right? And, and we've done it for 30 years with science is when the kids participate in the pro in our programs, they don't know that they're learning. What, what, and, and this, I think the, 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 the contrast between the traditional classroom, our focus mm -hmm. is on hands-on experience. Our focus is on bringing out the wow, the kid has to do the experience. And I think this is, the huge advantage between uh, traditional schools and non-traditional schools is non-traditional schools focus a lot on the hands-on and less on the theoretical. And I think, and that model has proven to be successful in a lot of places around the world. When you look at the Scandinavian countries and their educational system, it's very heavily leaning on hands-on experiences. So going back to your question, our kids don't think they're learning. They think they're having fun, whether they're doing a science class with math science or an art class with Imagine Arts Academy. They're not coming in thinking, I'm going to learn about the culture of Southeast Asia because for an eight-year-old, that might sound boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. They're like, exactly. why do I need that? <laughs> they're thinking about all oh, this mm -hmm. awesome bus that I'm going to make and decorate with all the colors I, I can. And then all of a sudden, this knowledge is, is part and parcel. Somebody, somebody said once, it's like sneaking the spinach into the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, uh -huh. it's it's not the focus but it's really what the kid ends up retaining at the end gotcha and do you and you know what, and what about that the how-to side so i mean are you also 
fostering some some skill development in creating the art as well in addition to kind of sure. the, the self-expression sure. it's, yeah. it's every program has a different angle right so one is about uh, yes you have to learn the skill that's the base so for us we're not we're not throwing out the technique right the technique is the base but once we, we want to get the kid at a base level first and then let them push the creativity with the, the, the push the limits with their creativity rather with with their techniques. We don't, we're not trying to, when you join Imagine Arts Academy, we're not trying to make artists. We're trying to, mm -hmm. to give the child a rounded experience of the world around them. And every topic, there's a there's a there's another program focused around endangered species, um, wild worlds. And and there the kids learn about different endangered species, their habitats, where they live. So every program, and for us, a program is either eight weeks of after school program or a week of summer camp. Every program has a different focus. One is artist passport, mm -hmm. one is um, the design thinking, the other one is wild worlds, endangered animals. Uh, the goal mm -hmm. is to use the art techniques to deliver another, mess another message beyond the art. Um, right. So the child, will, the child will know how to do the artwork, but that come out a lot further ahead with everything else he's learned around. Great. Okay. Um, you also mentioned um, how you're trying to like foster um, like collaboration. Well, I guess maybe that's maybe that's more with the mad science, right? But about collaboration, about like critical thinking and stuff like that. Um, curious. Yeah. Again, how how you sort of those things. Yeah. So the, uh, absolutely. So the the three, uh, you know, creativity came up on top when 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 business leaders in the survey I, I referenced, uh, creativity came on top. But the other one was critical thinking and collaboration. So in all our programs, uh, at least when we were doing them in person, we're now able to do them on Zoom, and we try as much as possible to 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 include collaboration. But when we're doing them in person, definitely the kids. Even if they're working on their project alone, they're, they're working alongside somebody else. And we're constantly asking, well, why, why do you think they did this? You know, what, what were they were trying to achieve in contrast with what you were building? Uh, or why did they approach it that way? And have them discuss with each other their projects. Uh, so that's okay. very much uh, part of the, of, of the Imagine Arts program. And likewise, whenever they're in math science, whenever they're working, they're typically working in groups, they're testing, when you're, when you're in math science, it's always about you have a theory, you test it, and then you see if the results reach what you were, how your hypothesis. Um, so it's it, it, cool. you know collaboration is, is critical, and 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 then yeah. learning it at, at an early age it will just make them, uh, I think, stronger, better adults. Is there a particular age group that, that you focus on with with your programs? We do. So our our, our we, we we have programs for uh, kindergarten. And, and at that point, we're just introducing them to the concepts. But our real sweet spot with our franchisees is seven to eight. Uh, seven to yeah, seven to eight is really the bulk of our uh, the children mm. who come to our programs. But we do go up to we have programs that go up to twelve years old. But really, our our, our okay. big grouping is three to twelve, with the main focus being seven to eight. Right. Yeah, and as you, as you mentioned, also like probably due to. COVID situation now you you've shifted those so that um like people like myself who live in Sault Ste. Marie you know I checked that it was it wasn't a, a, lo a local center not to, to any big surprise <laughs> near near where I live um but for someone like myself um there's 
opportunities for for my kids to to join in in, in a virtual way yeah so so COVID was a mixed blessing to be honest with you it was pretty tough on our business because all pre-COVID all our programs were hands-on in person we would go to schools or we would host summer camps and do birthday parties but it was always in person and of course, with the COVID restrictions, that came to a, a halt very quickly. Uh, luckily, yeah. we were able to, to pivot to, to digital, like I think a lot of the world. And, and we developed a mechanism where uh, we were able to deliver our programs online. And we, we always tried, to, we wanted to stay true to our hands-on experience. So typically when we're delivering programming online, we'll either kind of with two models, either we send the packages in advance to the kids so they have the stuff, so they're doing it with us. Because we don't want a kid to sit and just watch a student, right? It, 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 we feel that's kind of, you know, not doing them, we're not delivering them 100% of the value. So we either send right. them the package in advance, wherever they are, even in Sault Marie, or we send a list in advance to the parents and say, listen, this is what your kids are going to need. And they're typically your regular household items, you know, cardboard, carton, glue, scissors, stuff like that, the crayons, coloring. So we send that in advance. The kid has it and we work through them. We do the same experience we were going to do in person, but along the line. We try to keep small groups. So typically our classes are... Um, to 15 kids max and if we go higher we yeah. have two people on the call because it, it's it, we want it to be a, a personal experience for a child we're not looking it's not a stadium presentation uh, and that, right. that was the mixed blessing of COVID so that was something we didn't have before and now that now that we had we were forced to do it we realize you know, that we're able to reach a lot more people in in, in maybe not so urban areas and deliver them the same kind of value we did uh, to those in in, in locations where we have a franchise. Right. Fantastic. Um, is there any, anything else uh, that we haven't covered about um, what you've been doing in the, in the, in the arts area in particular, any, anything that's, that surprised you say, as you've been running these experiments now you know, for the past few years? You know what? Uh, the, the, the three things that surprised me when I, when I started exploring the art was uh, two I've mentioned already. Uh, one was, I, I was, I didn't know that creativity was a muscle. I thought, I, 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 I thought that the myth, some people were creative and some people weren't. And I, I, and I, I put myself in the category of not, I'm not mm -hmm. that creative. I'm very functional, I'm very operational, but I'm not creative. So I, when I learned that, I was kind of a bit of shock to my system. And, you know, I go back to my statement. I wish this program existed when I was a child. Who knows, right? Um, yeah, it's so easy for us just to say, you know, like I can think of the words, so often people say, well, I can't draw or whatever, like I can only draw stick figures and this and that. And, and then just they, they deny themselves that opportunity to, to, to learn, right. To express themselves in, in, a, in a creative way that, um, yes, otherwise, yes. you know, and, it, and it's, it's self-imposed, right. You just, and you put yourself in that bucket. I am, I'm not, I'm not, I can't draw. Uh, so and you know, some of it, and some of it may come back to like earlier childhood experiences too, right. Where, you know, in, in, in the wrong environment, um, that wasn't encouraged or that wasn't supported yeah. or, um, they did, they did feel kind of inferior to, to others, maybe who showed more natural talent. And so, you know, what you're doing now is, is creating a safe space for, for kids to, to foster that and, and to build that love. So, well, yeah, look, we learned that, we learned that with, um, with, with math science. So the, 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 the genesis of math science was again, the general concept for kids, 
or the general understanding of science is difficult and and, and boring. And we, we, we didn't feel that way. My partners, when they launched their business and they were at a young age, they thought science was exciting and it, it just needed to be explored. And it was breaking down that myth again that science is difficult and boring. And, 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 and you see the impact. We've been doing this for 30 years. We're now at the stage where we're getting some feedback, which is kind of, uh, to me, it's the, it's, it's, the, it's the greatest credit you can get. Where you, I, we had one one comment come in through our social media channels and it, it was there were two moms chatting and one mom was telling the other um i can't believe that uh, you know she was referring to her son and her son had just signed up his daughter um to uh, a math science class and mm-hmm. and so the, so the grandmother is talking to her friend and she says i can't believe how fast my kids have grown up john has just signed up samantha my grandchild for math science. I remember when I first signed him up to math science. And I wonder if that's how he became a, that what got him into science. And now he's a, he's a, he's a, an engineer. And so like, of course that was music to, to our ears. Like the, well, the yeah. idea that maybe touching multiple generations, well, yeah. the idea that maybe we contribute one millionth to that child, enjoying and loving science and pursuing a career in STEM. Right. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, we're trying to do the same thing in the arts. We're trying to get kids to enjoy the arts, develop their creativity so that in the future they can have them as a tool for themselves. Um, now, now I kind of I jumped, jumped in there. Um, you were kind of sharing some, some surprises. So one is that creativity is, is a muscle. It's, yes. it's something that you can, you can strengthen, you can build. Um, and then what were, the other, what were the other one ones? was, was, was uh, kids, kids' imagination. It's mm-hmm. honestly, we, we do so whenever we develop a program, we have, we have, we have something called a, a CAB, Kids Advisory Board, which is literally, oh, cool. yeah, we have, so our, <laughs> our, our uh, program designers design the program and then we have kids come in, come into our offices. So if you're ever in Montreal with your child, you let me know and you can send the kid back. And they literally sit in our cool. boardroom, they have these programs in front of them and they do the programs and, and then they have a sheet and they mark, uh, I liked it, it was boring. And kids will tell you the truth. Like that's that's the beauty of oh, child. Yeah. Like, this is dumb. Yeah. I was bored, you know. <laughs> but that if it's not already obvious on their face, yeah, exactly. Before they you couldn't see it, it right yeah. away. But that, that's a great <laughs> feedback for us because we quickly know if we're onto something or not. Um, mm-hmm. But when we were doing these things, uh, when we were doing this, and we've been doing this with Mad Science for a long time, when we started doing it for Crows Imagine Arts Academy, to see what the kids come up with when they're untethered, when when you let them, when you tell them, look. Just go with your imagination. Here are the parameters, three or four parameters, just so you understand what we're trying to do. But now, you know, don't limit yourself. I was blown mm-hmm. away by, we. so the biggest the biggest surprise is we underestimate kids. We underestimate their knowledge. Mm-hmm. We underestimate their creativity. We underestimate their cap- they ca- their capacity in general. And that, that was a, a big surprise for me. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's forced me to change my approach with my children. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How so? Well, I'm more attentive. I'm more, you know, as as an adult, you always assume you have the right answer, especially when they're asking you. So, so what I've tried to do more often now is when they ask me for for a, something they're not clear on, I try to drive it back. I'm like, what do you think the answer is? I want them to explore that first before I deliver the kind of the, um, the answer. 
it, mm -hmm. and uh, especially when it's about a creative thing, you know, my daughter might say, wow, how did they get up there? You know, <laughs> how did, were they able to build a building uh, that's uh, 200 stories? Like, well, how do you think they did it, you know, versus to say, oh, well, right, they use right. cranes and this and that. <laughs> so it's, uh -huh. and it's, it's, as I did that, it showed me more that I underestimated what I thought they knew. And, and that, that was uh, eye-opening for me. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm learning that lesson more and more all, all the time too, or at least, you know, I was reading an article recently, uh, it was on CBC and it was talking about a parent who kind of her, her approach is, is really just to almost like intrude as least as possible, um, to just, you know, she says, I'm not an absentee parent. I'm just trying to allow them to figure things out for themselves, discover for themselves. And they will come up with really creative solutions or ideas that, you know, we would never consider right and, and they'll fail and, and make mistakes too but that's that's part of the human experience and when, when we as parents can you know let go of the leash a little bit let go of the 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 expert um in in the room um like you've been doing in your in your in your programs right it allows that uh that creativity to to come out and the confidence to, to be able to figure things believe they can figure things out themselves yeah there, you know there was a time when helicopter parenting was the big thing i think i hope that's a little bit behind us i hope i hope parents are give their kids more chance to explore and fail you you, you said that's you mentioned that that's really important i think uh, teaching kids that failure uh, failure is part of growth it's a step mm -hmm. towards success you know i mean it's that's that's something we try to emphasize, in, at least within our corporate culture. That mm. you, you can't see failure as the end result. Failure means you're maybe one step closer the next time to being successful. So don't be afraid of failure. Embrace it, learn from it. Maybe try not to fail on the same thing twice. Right. But it's, it's not a negative thing. We've put a very negative connotation on failure that, that I think is doing a disservice to innovation and creativity. Yeah, I've I've sometimes heard failure like just rephrases as just learning, a learning opportunity, right? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. something happened here. What what can we what can we learn from this? What so, can we learn? Well, I certainly learned a lot of, a lot of amazing things today um, about you know what you're doing um, in the both in the the STEM and in the 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 art space. I think that you've got some yeah some amazing things out there for for parents who are you know. And for kids who are who are you know looking for ways to really unleash that creativity, that critical thinking, building empathy, um, in a way that's a lot of fun. Clearly, you've, you've figured out a lot of how to do that. Um, you know, learning should be fun. So, um, where where can where can parents um, or kids find out more about uh, what you have to offer and, and take advantage? Sure. So we have. Thank you, uh, actually, Jerry. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, and I, I appreciate it very much. It, the conversation was was even learning for me as I was speaking and sharing with you and you're sharing with me. I, I picked up a lot of uh, good points. So we, if you want to learn about math science and our programs, whether in person or virtual, it's it's mathscience.org, uh, one word. If you want to learn about uh, Imagine Arts Academy, again, virtual or in person, it's imagineartsacademy.com imaginearsacademy.com and if you want uh, we have another offering it's it's a, it's a new offering if you don't mind I'll share it with you guys it's called loop sure. it's loop lab and it's the science it's for now it's science and very soon we'll be developing the art boxes these are boxes it's like a subscription box you can order it, it comes home 
and it has all kinds of experiments that your child can do at home or alongside with you uh, that bring, bring the same kind of experience that Math Science and Imagine Arts Academy. And it's called Loop Lab, and you can find it at shop.mathscience.com. Fantastic. Awesome. And we'll, we'll put those links in the show notes as well so people can easily uh, check those out. So um, any, any final thoughts for, for parents out there um, as they go along this, this journey of life supporting their kids in, in um, fostering a love of, of learning and critical thinking? Yeah. And creativity? I think two thoughts. One, uh, let, the, let the kids be kids. Give them room to grow. Give them room to make mistakes. Give them, give them room to be creative. And, uh, and be involved, be involved, because I don't think there was a time when kids kind of parents send their kids to their to the traditional school and it's like, okay, they'll learn everything they need to learn. I don't think that, I don't think that equation works anymore. I think uh, if you really want to give your child the best possible education, you have to supplement traditional education. It, it, the best schools, the best schools and the ones with the most um, resources are overwhelmed. And are and, and are trying and 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 try to f go with the lowest common denominator because they have a lot of kids in a class. So I think parents um, have to try and find a way to supplement what the child are doing, whether it's other our programs or other people's programs. I think we it brings informal education brings a tremendous amount of value to the child and helps them in their growth. So I strongly encourage parents that are listening to to consider that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one one message that uh, comes across very strongly in pretty much all the podcast episodes on our on this podcast is, um, yeah, you get, learning you know learning and education is is something you need to take responsibility for as a as a parent and as as a kid as well, giving them that that opportunity to do so. So, um, thanks, Shafiq, again for for being on the show today. It's it's been a real pleasure. Jerry, the pleasure was mine. Thank you. You made it feel so easy. <laughs> Have a wonderful day.